Welcome back to the Ken Robinson Music Podcast Project. I say welcome back because uh, well, I took a little uh, few-week hiatus uh, between uh, episodes six and seven, and uh, there's there's a lot of reasons for that. Uh, yeah, we could we could call it uh, laziness, uh, podcast fatigue. Um, we could call it podcast burnout. I was coming in strong, six in a row, and then uh, we've been a little delayed here. But um, again, this is the the get back things back on track uh had a lot of things going on and it's uh uh difficult trying to schedule in all these different things uh as well as the fact that um as you know my if you, if you know my, my co-host who's sitting in my lap right here lana my, our little our little pup here is um she she had a really nasty uh cough situation that was going on and uh it was it was almost near impossible to be honest to record uh especially in the evening because uh, I'm coming to you right now, it's around, it's about quarter to 11 p.m. Uh, it's it's early for me on uh, Thursday night, and uh, anyway, but she's she's really really a lot better now, and uh, you know she's she appreciates all the emails, and <laughs> anyway, um, yeah, if you remember, the, <clears throat> again, you step back in here. The uh, this is the, the the podcast where we talk about music and mental health, and uh, the the different things that. that come up you know within music uh, within within uh, our lives uh, as musicians uh, people that aren't musicians um, it, the same types of things we, we all we all deal with the same types of things within within mental health and a lot of things I'm trying to do with this podcast are trying to um, break down the stigma um, with uh, mental health issues uh, that that still still existent today uh, and uh, keep breaking down more walls and uh, trying to bring uh, a sense of peace a little more to, to people that may be, may be suffering or feeling like they're alone. Um, I certainly have, have been there and uh, uh, not saying that I won't be. <laughs> it's, a, it's an ongoing thing for all of us. Um, I, just being human. And uh, anyway, so this is episode seven. Uh, it's, uh, it's warm out, but it's cool in here. We've got the AC running in the background. The ceiling fan is going. And uh, we are set. Um, but the the tune that I uh, oh one, one little quick thing was was just a reminder that um, you can find this podcast on on uh, iTunes on Apple Podcasts they're calling it now. And uh, it's going to be on Spotify soon. That's another thing that I let lapse, which I'm going to get that going very soon. But it's also going to be up on Google Play very soon. But it's also available on um, Stitcher for free, which is another podcast catcher and also um, Podbean and blueberry if those are things that you uh, like and you can also find the direct feeds for this on soundcloud under ken robinson music podcast project if you have a friend or loved one hopefully that's the same thing uh that you want to share this with or and and they they say i don't get podcasts but soundcloud makes sense to me well you can send them on over that way and uh you know, feel free to rate and review uh, the show. Um, 
Anything that's negative will be taken down immediately, and anything positive will be uh, doubled or tripled, and those people will be uh, paid uh, the money that I owe them. Uh, <laughs> that's not true. I don't know. We'll see. Anyway, um, yeah. So what I wanted to what I wanted to talk to you today about um, is, is is something that really really um, is is really. I think I think this is something that that pretty much anyone, again, musician or non-musician, and I, I, I almost even don't like that term musician or non-musician because I think everyone's musical in their own right. Uh, but then there are people that do it, uh, like myself, we, we do it for a living, or, or you don't even have to do it for a living to be called, considering yourself a musician. It's, a, it's an interesting label that we, uh, we have, but um, you know, professional musician, musician, amateur musician, uh, uh, garage band musician, I don't know, whatever, whatever you want to say, but I think a lot of uh, this, what I'm trying to get across with this podcast is that we're all, again, musicians have to be, be humans first. It's always human being first and then musician. Um, and that, that directly affects the music uh, that we make and produce. And it's also a situation where um, people that don't play an instrument or that are not, they consider themselves, themselves not musical. Uh, I don't know that many people, to be honest, in this world that I've ever met or come across that don't like music or that don't um, feel the importance of music. Um, I think it's a small percentage that, that would say that they don't. But, but either way, uh, anyone's entitled to their opinion, of course, but... Um, one of the, uh, the, the the ideas about today's podcast, I'm call, talking about, if you read the title, is The Importance of Live Music. And I want to talk about this for a couple of reasons. And I was actually um, uh, really kind of fascinated by this whole situation of, of um, live music, and, and especially in today's society where we are, um, it's, it's a, we're in a very weird place with, with live music. Uh, because of technology and um, primarily with the advances in technology. And I'm talking about live music um, in all the genres um, when I mention this. So just, you know, I'm, I'm not excluding. Again, rap is music. Uh, some people will, will say, oh, rap's not, you know, whatever. You know diehard people sometimes that, that are maybe a little older school thought. Uh, but rap is absolutely music. Um, any, anything... Um, that we're going to talk about. I'm, I'm talking about live music in general. And uh, um, while my thing happens to be primarily, I play a lot of theater. I play a lot of, um, you know, pit orchestras, jazz, classical, um, some rock. But again, it could be, it gets all encompassing. And uh, so the importance of the shared experience is what I want to really get to with live music. And, there's something very, very powerful that happens uh, when we talk about the shared experience, and uh, it's it's funny because I was I was actually it's the way the universe works. Uh, I was talking with a very good friend of mine, um, if you if you you know uh, Andrew Sturman. I mentioned him in past podcasts, but uh, he's been such an incredibly good friend to me, and um, he's just a wonderful human being. And um, Andrew is. Uh, uh, besides just being a great human is, is uh, one of the finest musicians I've ever met. And uh, 
I'm not saying this to kiss up to him in any way, I, I swear. Uh, I just mean, I just want to, you know, just put that out there for anyone that hasn't checked him out. Uh, and for people that know, they know. And, uh, but I mentioned this because we were having lunch yesterday and um, we were talking uh, on the way back. I was walking, we're walking to the West 4th uh, in the village, West 4th Street uh, subway station. And there's a guy that sells LPs, if you've ever been on 6th Avenue there in, in uh, Manhattan. And there's a guy that sells LPs, um, all sorts of records of different recordings along there. And a lot of, he has a lot of good jazz, a lot of good stuff. And we happen to see the um, John Coltrane um, and uh, Monk at Carnegie Hall. So the John Coltrane Thelonious Monk uh, live at Carnegie Hall record was, was being sold there. And um, we got talking about that album and about how, how phenomenal it is. And um, if you've never heard it, I would highly recommend listening to it. But if you have heard it, you know. And uh, if you don't like it, that's cool too. But uh, there's, there's a, a certain type of energy within that uh, that we, um, I think you could, you could just tell when you're listening to it, there, it's different. It's, it's a different type of recording. It's not this studio produced, um, situation where everyone is in their own little chamber. And if, if you don't, if you don't know how music's recorded, a lot of times in a studio, people go into their own little, <clears throat> excuse me, little area and they're isolated, uh, in these little booths. And a lot of times there's windows, hopefully, for um, uh, eye contact and, and um, you know, hopefully just getting cues and things like that. But there's also, um, you know, headphones that you're listening to so you can hear everybody else that's that's in the mix, even if they're in separate rooms. But what what happens a lot of times is, is these be- things become overproduced and they become uh, a little bit less, in my, in my opinion, uh, I mean, there's amazing studio albums, but in my opinion, th- there's nothing quite like a live record because it captures the energy, it captures the musicians at their their peak uh, in, in a way where they're doing what they love to do, you know, by playing in front of uh, live people. I mean, you know, and, and, and there's, there's immediate reaction, there's immediate energy. And uh, again, it's one of those things where I've, I've felt it more times than I could count. It's why I do it. Uh, it's why I perform. Um, the money's nice, but but the but the, uh, the the you know the live aspect just to be able to see people uh, whether they're dancing, whether they're just the, the look on their face, the, the the enjoyment that they may be getting out of it. Maybe they're not enjoying it. That's okay too. But no, but I'm just saying, uh, you know, just the the overall sense of uh, a shared experience. And again, the, the shared experience is a very important thing. And I say that especially now because. It's easier and easier today to sit at home and, for instance, I mean, movies are one example. It's easier to sit and sit at home and watch a movie, and we say, you know, we don't have to, um, we don't, have, you know, oh, it's, it's, I'd rather rent a movie. And, and I'm, I'm, by the way, anything I'm saying here, I'm just as guilty of in so many ways. Uh, I don't like the word guilt, but I'm just as, you know, I, I, I do the same things. Um, so I'm not, this is not a better than type of situation, but. You know, I see a movie, it comes out, I think, oh, I want to go see it in a theater. But then part of me sometimes thinks, well, it's going to be, again, there's this aspect of, well, we're dealing with the noise of other people. Maybe there's going to be people talking, people on their cell phones, people. But I want to go see that movie. And 
um, I think, well, I'll just wait and I'll rent it. And then uh, Sarah, my wife and I, you know, we'll rent it and we'll watch it at home or I'll watch it alone or watch it with some friends. And that's very cool too, but there's something missing. It's that, again, that shared experience of uh, kind of all a collective people, a collective energy of this enjoyment or inspiration from the movie or a feeling of uh, sadness in the movie that, that everyone can feel and everyone can uh, connect with. And the same goes for live music. It's of course it's it's easy to put on, especially with with music uh, streaming and coming to right directly to our phones and and to our computers. It's so easy now to listen to music that way, um, and even listening to live recordings. I think uh, you can you can again feel that energy. You can hear that energy. Um, so I think that the, again the point around this is that shared experience that we have when we're at a particular performance um, and there is there is a, a, an energy around it that is somewhat indescribable and I think it's indescribable almost for a reason for me uh, because it's just something that you have to feel and for yourself and, and everyone's going to bring something um, different out of it and I think that's that's a beautiful thing and so I think it's very important to uh, go out and attend live concerts, live performances, and I'm not <laughs> and I'm not saying this because that's what I do, and uh, and and I'm worried about job security. Well, maybe I am. This whole thing is a ploy to get people to come out for live music because I'm concerned about my job. No, um, well, I mean, yeah, <laughs> full honesty, hundred percent upfront. Sure, that's part of the issue. Is I I. I uh, don't want to see live music falter um, in in pit orchestras. I don't want to see things replaced with recordings um, of orchestras. I don't want to see you know live music leave restaurants and just have uh, satellite radio playing, of course, because there are opportunities to play there. But I also know what it's like to be on both sides of that, and uh, it it. It's a again. It's a it's a really beautiful thing when we think about that shared experience. The reason I keep bringing up shared experience is that I think more than ever today, it's it's more important. We have uh, social media outlets like Facebook and Instagram and the Twitters. Um, you know, I already said the Grams, the Facebooks. Um, uh, you know, snapping on the chats. Snapchat, all these things that are made to, quote, bring us together more, but are actually isolating us um, much more than than uh, than I think anybody anticipated. And again, I felt it myself. And there's studies done on this all over. Some people claiming that um, that Facebook, uh, you know, or things like that, other social media platforms leave people um, more depressed than they were when they first go on it. Other ones that I believe probably are paid for by Facebook studies that show that it makes you happier. I don't know that that's true. Um, although, again, everyone's different. So I think sometimes we can go on the site and we can feel happy after coming you know, off of it. Uh, but we can also feel depressed. We can feel like we can feel left out. We can feel um, all of the things that lead to depression. There's... Um, and anxiety of the fact that we're, you know, there's FOMO, you know, fear of missing out. The fact that these people are having an amazing time and I'm not, you know, and I'm just doing this or I'm just blah, blah, blah. And 
really beating ourselves up and getting down on ourselves. And there's a very isolating feeling there and a feeling of being alone. And there's a lot of research out there right now, psychological research. And I think you could just see it. You could feel it for yourself. If you just, the difference between going on Facebook and having an actual one-on-one with with a good friend, um, either on the phone or, or the best yet, you know, over lunch or, or dinner or, or, uh, at someone's house or just taking a walk and just being in the presence of another person or of other people. And I think that's more important again now than it ever has been. Um, even with our political climate, the way it is, um, I am a, I am, I lean farther to the left than, uh, I mean, I mean, um, I'm just going to put it out there. I'll get political about this, but I, I voted for Hillary. Um, I wanted Bernie Sanders, but I voted for Hillary um, I can't believe what's going on right now. Other people are going to disagree. But part of the issue here is that everyone's in their own chamber. They're in their echo chambers and they're, they're talking about um, their point of view being correct and uh, nothing's going to you know sway them. Um, and uh, this is all kind of, you know, again, based around this idea that, that our shared experiences are becoming less and less. And, and it's, it's more of an isolated feeling. So if you're on Facebook, and, and which, again, I find myself on Facebook and I want to read articles that tend to um, uh, skew towards my political belief. Um, I don't want to see something from, uh, from a Trump voter or from someone who um, feels a little more conservative at, at times. But then there's also part of me that wants to know What's going on? Why, why, um, why is that? Why does that person feel that way? What makes them feel that strongly about certain things? And maybe try to gain some understanding. Uh, but I think if we continue on the current path of isolating, uh, I don't see any ability to resolve these problems. And I think one of the ways that we can resolve these problems is is, is a direct face to face contact. We have very different conversations with people um, when you are on a keyboard than you do when you're sitting across from each other at a table. Um, that's just that's just a fact. There's there's no there's no question about that. And we're there are so many other aspects. I mean, there's there's even a you know there's studies that it, in fact that eighty percent of communication is nonverbal. And uh, so if you're looking at nonverbal communication as only 20% of the factor in that situation, 80% being nonverbal, then 80% of the conversation in a sense is being lost when you're just typing back and forth to people. And I don't think we're going to change minds or um, get someone to uh, um, automatically have an epiphany about something that we want them to in that way. Um, It's important to be vigilant. It's important to be active. But at the same time, I think the true root comes from the shared experience and the, the, the human-to-human contact. And live music is one of those uh, situations where shared experience can, can transform everybody. Everybody can come around one common uh, source, um, hopefully, hopefully for the positive. So you go to see a concert, and let's say it's a smaller venue. There's 400 people. And 400 people go to see a group that they all enjoy. And that's 400 people having a shared experience together in a room, in a hall, and having something to talk about that brings about a commonality. 
And music, in fact, Oliver Sacks, one of the great, um, great scientists who was a huge, um, he studied music in a huge way. Oliver Sacks, anything written by Oliver Sacks, I think is fantastic to read. But Oliver Sacks notes that um, music of all things, you know, um, music of all the arts uh, has a unique way of bringing um, people together uh, because it in itself is a language and it's communicating and conveying an idea or a feeling and it's expressing something uh, in, in, a, in, a, in sound and vibration and <clears throat> that affects us differently. So uh, again, to be able to have that shared experience. Um, so I, again, I just want to keep coming back to that idea of supporting live music. I think it's incredibly important uh, that we try to get out there and, and um, you know, I mean, it could be of any form. You could have a singer songwriter that's uh, at a, at a bar or a singer songwriter that's at a, um, a restaurant, or uh, it could be a, a big band that's in the area and maybe even trying to expose yourself to different types of music that you thought, you know, that you thought you, you wouldn't enjoy or you know, something you, I've, I found myself to do that. I, I've gone to concerts before that I wasn't totally sold on, and I came away from it with a really uh, great experience. And I I would also say anybody that's attended any type of live music, when you go by the recording afterwards, or if you have the recording, do you tend to listen to it more? Do you tend to listen to it um, in a different way? You kind of have a smile on your face. I remember that moment. Um that that I felt that certain way, um, and again, there was that there was that uh, moment of connectedness to to the people around you, and you could be sitting next to people that hold different political beliefs, while at the same time uh, enjoying something similar, and it could be something that that's a little bit more unifying. And uh, so that's really where I want to go with that. And the, I didn't what I what I didn't I wanted to wrap this up because I wanted to say what I didn't say was the the amazing thing was I was having lunch with Andrew. We were talking about the, the live recording with um, Coltrane and, and Thelonious Monk and, and Carnegie Hall. And then later last night, I was reading a book by Brene Brown, and uh, it's called Braving in the Wilderness. And I was finishing, I was clo- I'm close to finishing the book. I would highly recommend it to anybody that's concerned about anything going on um, today with depression and anxiety, uh, with, with, um, feeling isolated, feeling, not knowing what to do, um, with politics, with having discussions with other people, um, all of the divisiveness that's going on. Um, she is attempting to really get at the root of problems. Brene Brown is an amazing author. Um, she seems like a wonderful human being. I've never met her, but Braving the Wilderness is her most recent book. And she talks about specifically, um, some of the things that I mentioned here with, with the connectedness and the shared experience of specifically music. And she even brings up that, that, uh, Oliver Sacks, um, research, uh, about it being a unique, um, sense. And so I think, again, let's just, I just wanted to get that idea out there. I think there, there are ways of, of healing these different things. And, um, if you're feeling depressed or if you're feeling, um, alone, um, I'm not saying that this is the, this is automatically going to fix every problem, but but getting out there and and trying to 
make a connection, trying to make some kind of a connection. And I know that's easier for some people than, than others. I'm not saying that it's the easiest thing in the world. Um, but, but definitely, you know, give it a try. And if you, if you have trouble even getting that started, or if you, if you maybe you're someone that has trouble leaving the house, um, I've been there. I know that feeling. Um, I, I don't have that feeling anymore, but I, but I've been there. And, um, um, again, I, I would encourage you to email me or tweet to me or direct message me on Twitter or Facebook. Uh, you can go on to, um, my Facebook page is Ken Robinson music. You can go to, I'm on Twitter at tritone 29. That's at T R I T O N two nine. In fact, I think that's wrong. I think it's tri sub 29. No, it's tritone 29. <laughs> Apologies. Um, or feel free to email me. It's Ken at KenRobinsonMusic.com. And um, I I promise you, I will get back to you. I will get back to you in a quicker manner than you might even expect. And I just want to try to help out. Um, there are certain insights that I've had in my life um, because of a lot of struggle in the past. And uh, there's still always some types of struggles in life. But I feel like there is something, um, some types of feelings or, or wisdom that, that maybe I've gained that if I can help even just one person, it's worth it. And so I really just put this out there to help. And um, I also want to do a shameless plug here. Uh, shameless. Uh, and literally, I, I'm just going to plug it here. Um, I have my first album I, as, a, as a band leader, uh, the Ken Robinson Music, or the Ken Robinson... <laughs> Not the podcast project, but Ken, Ma- Ken Robinson uh, Jazz Quartet, the quartet. Um, I'm going to be playing tenor, alto, and soprano saxophones. Not at the same time. I am not Rassam Roland Kirk, and I'm not going to attempt that. I don't know that my embouchure could handle it. But uh, I am uh, going to be playing uh, three of those horns on different tracks. Um, I just love the saxophone. I love the clarinet, the flute, and all the other stuff too. But for this album, I, I want to do saxophone thing. And uh, I, I'm I'm really excited to announce the the lineup on the on the uh, record is going to be um, uh, Justin Rothberg on guitar. He's a phenomenal musician here in New York City, plays all over the place. Um, Sadi Zane on bass, who is another absolutely phenomenal musician, and um, here also in New York City. And uh, on drums, last but not least, of course not least is Joe Nero, who's also here in New York City and a phenomenal drummer. And each one of these guys is a wonderful person. And uh, I love uh, hanging out with them. And I love uh, getting together, playing music with them. And I look forward to putting the uh, this album together. It's going to be released on August 31st uh, this summer. The end of the summer, I guess you could say. And so really excited about that. And um, yeah, so as I... Um, would just say, you know, maybe try this week. Try to get out to a live concert. See what happens uh, in some form. Uh, if you can't do that, listen to a live recording. Listen to Coltrane and Thelonious Monk live at Carnegie Hall. Or listen to the recording that I put right at the beginning of this, which is uh, uh, Joshua Redman from uh, Spirit of the Moment. It's a live uh, Village Vanguard uh, from a tune, the first track called Jig Jug. And... Uh, you can hear the audience reaction, and uh, it's it, it just is a continuous cycle of energy, where the audience reacts, the performer reacts to that, the audience reacts more, and really, again, a, a true musical experience and a true shared experience is when the musicians are on stage, 
or, or, or wherever they're going to be in the live performance. And the audience is participating just, it's just as important as the, as the performer. And uh, it's, it's the link. And uh, we just want to see that continue. And uh, it can really, again, I, it has a lot, a lot of power. And it's, uh, it's saved my life. It's changed my, I mean, it's, it's something else. So anyway, um, that'll do it for today's uh, episode seven. Man, I can't believe it. Anyway, uh, again, uh, my information is, uh, is out there on the internet. You can go to my website if you want, KenRobinsonMusic.com. And uh, yeah, I'm looking forward to having uh, interviews. <laughs> I know I've talked about that, but those are happening. Um, it's just a matter of getting them coordinated and released. So until next time, this is Ken Robinson music. I mean, this is Ken, <laughs> this is Ken Robinson and uh, wishing you peace and love. And uh, I will see you soon. Thanks a lot. See ya.